Hello, friends. Welcome to Manga College. That's what we're calling ourselves now. And I'm Ziki, the host of this podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host, my co-captain, isn't with us today, but Bill will be back at some point in the very near future. But luckily, I've managed to recruit a very stellar guest to join me on today's episode. And it's my pleasure to introduce Jade Sarson. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, also known as the Tea Hermit, Jade Sarson makes comics about tea, which is a very English thing <laughs> to do. Yeah. It's called. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, it's very much thought of as a British thing, but it's so not. We nick. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually very Japanese as well. Now that. Yeah. <laughs> very Asian, Indian as well. In fact, tea is quite ubiquitous now that I think about it. <laughs> in, a, in a way, it's quite possibly the least British thing, but, you know, we stole it just like we steal everything else. So. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> but the, the name of your tea comic is Cafe Su Suada? Is that Suada, yeah, well done. Okay. A lot of people oh, kind of jump all over the shop with the pronunciation, but yeah, Suada. Okay, I, I know, in this comic, I guess also because we talk a lot of manga and, and occasionally anime as well, you, you do occasionally come across those tongue twisters, so I'm glad mm. that I emerged from this one relatively unscathed. Yeah, good job. <laughs> and you also have a graphic novel, don't you, for love for the love of God, Marie. That's the one, yep. Marie. Yeah, brilliant. And I'm doing a lot of pontificating, so why don't you come into the story <laughs> and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So Cafe Suada is my ongoing webcomic series. I've been working on it for, let me see, about seven years now. So I started it when I was just about to graduate from university, um, where I was doing an illustration course. And uh, they really didn't like comics on the course. <laughs> <laughs> they were, we had like a little comics module and I was like, that's not enough. So I decided to do a web comic on the side. And uh, yeah, it's about tea, coffee and romance done in a tea stained visual style. And yeah, it's it's a weird one because my visual style very much falls into like this weird gap between manga and Western influences like, you know, bande dessinée and whatnot. And so a lot of people kind of don't know what to make of it at times. Like a lot of manga uh, fans will just be like, it's not quite what I'm after. And then a lot of Western fans will be like, oh, I don't like it either. So I'm <laughs> in this weird kind of middle ground which is fun. Yeah, I find it very astounding because on, on Manga University, we, we, we often tend to make, we often use mangas as our, as our case studies. Mm -hmm. or actually, we're at Manga College now. I need to drill that into my head. But anyway, <laughs> point, point I'm trying to make is we often use mangas as, as our case study. But for me, it's, it's all sequential art. I mean, ultimately, manga just means comic in Japanese. I know there's exactly. a general aesthetic that you typically find with mangas, but there are mm -hmm. always exceptions. So sometimes it annoys me a little bit where I, I show someone a particular comic and they're like, oh, it's not manga. And they often, they, they just switch off. Like, like there's, there's, there's so much more to it, the, the story, the, the unique art style, et cetera, et cetera. So I, for one, actually like the way you've combined all of your different influences. And then also the little kind of tea stain uh, contrast that engulfs the, the entire mm. scope 
of, of the comic. I think it's really, I mean, I haven't seen anything like this. I mean, I, I should actually mention, we, we met at the MCM Comic Con in London. Yeah. When I picked up your, your comic and I saw the, the way it was designed, it was, it was just one of the most use, unique attempts at making comics that I had seen. It's sort of a thing of its own. And oh, thank you very much. It really striking. So what I want to ask is how you came up with the, the visuals for Cafe Suada. Well, originally, um, there's, I, I don't know if you've heard of um, the Manga G-Man competition that's run in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for your listeners who may not have heard of it, um, it's run by the Japanese embassy. And uh, it's run every year. And basically, they have a different random prompt every year. And you have to submit, I, th I think it's something like six to eight pages. And yeah, you, they get all sorts of entries. And I'd been entering for a couple of years when they put out the prompt Sun versus Moon. And I thought that a lot of people were going to enter stuff like kind of sci-fi or space themed. And so I just decided to bring it right back down to what I'm good at, which is slice of life. Um, so I, I, I want to jump in here. Yeah, and, go ahead. What, what about Slice of Life? Or why do you think that you're particularly good at Slice of Life versus other genres? Well, I think when I was first getting into comics, like I veered away from action-packed stuff for a long time because all I knew was kind of, you know, Marvel and DC stuff because that's what I could get a hold of. And it was all these big buff white dudes punching the crap out of each other. I was just like, I'm not really into this at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So I kind of went off of comics for a while and then I found manga. And the first ones that I read were, um, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, Love Hina was one. And um, that's by Ken Akamatsu. And that one is very much a, how can I put this? A pervy romance, I guess. A pervy romance. It almost sounds like an oxymoron, but... Yeah, it. <laughs> it, it, it had a lot of heart to it, but the author is clearly just like very belittling of women. But at the time, I was just really kind of surprised by this, this comic that wasn't about punching people. It was about kind of getting to the heart of people's feelings. And uh, the actual plot was about uh, a bunch of people living in a boarding house and trying to achieve their dreams. And I was like, this is kind of sweet and kind of gentle. And it had kind of a, a calm feeling to it. And I was like, I want to make stuff like that. And so that's why I've kind of gone for that slice of life genre. And, and I like that you brought that up because part of the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast as well is I was taking stock of all of my favorite comics and mangas of all time. And, and I realized that one of the most common threads is the, is the prevalence of violence in almost mm. all of them. Now, I'm not necessarily, I, I don't necessarily do superheroes anymore. Mm. Or let me not say I don't do them anymore. I'm not as, as big into them. I, I, I kind of started off like you, where I, I, I read Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the first thing I latched onto, the next man. Mm. Mostly Marvel, actually. Before right, I, who doesn't love Spider-Man? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> he's extremely relatable. Yeah. But, but what, what's interesting about it is, A, I, I find that my favorite bits in a lot of the comics that I read, so if I start with the early superhero stuff, what actually made Spider-Man interesting was the fact that he was he was a teenager. I mean, he was a bit younger than yeah. a teenager, but he was a teenager. He had the same hopes, dreams, and aspirations that that I could I could really latch onto. And I think that the slice of life genre just focuses on that. So superhero and high concept narratives 
have, or, or at least I think the good ones have these slice of life elements and a slice of life is just taking out the the additional high high concept sci-fi or fantasy exactly yeah I I feel like there's a lot of comics that I read now that like I'm I'm not putting down superhero comics at all like I'm freaking obsessed with my hero academia at the moment so you know I I love the superhero genre it's just that it needs to have heart and I feel like slice of life as you said focuses on that heart without the high concepts. And so there's a lot of series that I read now where I'm noticing, you know, there's, there's elements that I would have found off-putting a few years ago. Like I got really into Miss um, Marvel when it started coming out, you know, the Kamala Khan yeah, series. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, very good things. Yeah, it, it's the first few kind of uh, trade paperbacks, they were excellent. I was completely absorbed. And I was like, but it's strange. I'm not really into the Inhumans universe at all. Okay. Um, and, you know, the whole, I mean, her, her shtick is that she, she grows big and punches things. But what brought me in was the heart of it, you know, about Kamala, uh, you know, dealing with issues in her community, the, the whole thing of what does it mean to be a hero, and you know your ties to your family your friends etc and so that heart was there and that's what dragged me in that makes sense and most people i think if most people truly deconstruct what it is that that drags them into their stories i, I think i once heard a, a quote i'm probably misquoting the person but because I'm, a, I'm an avid fantasy reader and it was a fantasy author that was saying something like the heart is what draws you in, or, or, or the, the law of the story, right? So if you take something like Lord of the Rings, the law of Lord of the Rings might be what catches your attention, mm-hmm. but the heart of the story is what keeps you reading. And I yeah. think that's a very, very good way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But speaking of heart, I want to change gears back to, or switch gears back to Cafe Suada and talk, mm-hmm. talk about, actually, what, t- tell us a bit more about the the comic the 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 premise the characters etc etc okay well the main character is named geraldine gray and she's the manager of a tea house she's very obsessed with tea to the point where she kind of forces it on people who don't like tea at all (laughs) um and so when a coffee shop opens right next door run by the very attractive very suave you and yang she flips her lid she storms over she's like what the hell do you think you're doing this is my tea territory excuse me get out um and so begins this kind of rivalry that is slowly developing more towards friendship and possibly romance but yeah it's very much a story about like it's it's less about that surface rivalry and more about kind of people's obsessions and actually respecting what other people choose to do with their lives like Geraldine's very slow but she's starting to figure out that she can't just force her interests on other people which is something I'm I've been really looking forward to kind of really getting into for seven years now <laughs> brilliant and and the cool thing I think about what, what really strikes me about what you said this idea that everyone has things that they're interested in and you Mm -hmm. shouldn't necessarily map your own worldview onto them is one thing I've discovered is that if I'm patient enough, even if I don't have, feel like I don't have anything in common with you, I will at least understand why you like what it is that you like. Yeah. One of my favorite documentaries that I've, uh, that I've watched recently is is called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I don't know if you've seen that one. 
Right. Yes, exactly. It, it, it's so fascinating because it's a whole documentary about the art of making sushi, which when I first heard about it sounded mon. Really? Are you, I'm going to sit down for 90 minutes to watch a story about making sushi. Like, how hard can it be? But when you see the, the central character, I mean, he's, he's a real person, but when you see Jiro and, and what sushi means to him and what it means to his life, yeah. it really opens your mind to, to, to how people can get obsessed with things and how, and how people can get fascinated with things as well. And also other characters as well. You know, the people who he picks up fish from are also obsessed with fish etc etc and mm. so you know talking about this whole concept of, of of genre that's kind of how my my taste have evolved is to look at okay what is it about something like slice of life that could make it interesting to someone and then through that mechanism i then realized how it could be interesting to me and i think your your comic is a fantastic allegory for for this dynamic oh thank you I mean, it's interesting that you use Jiro as an example, because to me, that whole documentary was about respect more than the sushi. Like, it was really surprising, like, um, the the people that booked in to taste his sushi, they had to, like, reserve the whole, like, restaurant, didn't they? And they just sat at a lone stool while he prepared it for them. And it was just this whole air of respecting an art form and I feel like you can really tell when someone that makes comics really respects the form as well. I mean, it, it all comes back to that thing you mentioned earlier, like manga is comics is manga. All sequential art is important, no matter what story it's telling. And so, yeah, it, you need to, I guess, as a comics reader, be aware that it's not just the genre that you should be paying attention to. It's the bare bones of the story. And I have to ask, the, how, how did this story come up? You know, it has all of the, the common elements that we, we often see in, in, in Slice of Life, but I, I guess the, the way you've chosen to, to tell it, it just sounds re really unique. You know, this tea-coffee rivalry. I'm mm. sure if any of our, our listeners are tea or coffee aficionados, they must be thinking, oh my God, like you totally understand me. But <laughs> what, what I wanted to key into is, how, how, how did you come up with such a unique story? Um, well, the funny thing is a lot of people ask me, like, is this based on a real pair of cafes? And I didn't realize, but I was walking along um, my hometown's high street one day and there was literally a little family cafe with a Costa that had opened up right next door. So I was like, right. holy shit, I managed to, like, predict a real situation. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's hard to explain how exactly I came up with the idea itself of like the two cafes in, in this sort of battle of the beverages, as I've dubbed it. But at the time, as I mentioned, I started off with kind of romance comics when I was reading them to start out with. And so I really got into shoujo manga. I was reading stuff like Shigi Yugi, which was quite fantastical. But then I was kind of starting to narrow down onto stuff that was simpler and the thing about shoujo is that there's always this kind of will they, won't they, you know, if, if it's got a romantic theme. But the, the central plot is never just about the romance, which I found really intriguing. 
with sort of novels, you know, and like Harlequin romance and stuff, it always feels like romance is a, like an entire separate genre to everything else and has less respect. But in shoujo manga, it's... Oh, sorry, and I completely forgot to say, because I don't know if we actually defined it, but shoujo is essentially, I think it's roughly translated to young girl manga. If I'm yeah, correct. that's correct. Yeah, okay. sorry, I should have mentioned that. Oh, no worries, um, it's fine. Yeah, so in a lot of shoujo, it'll have like an overarching theme and then the romance will be kind of the, the thing that keeps you hooked. So like, for example, I mentioned Fushigi Yugi, I really got into um, Yu Watase's work as a whole. And she had a lot of kind of mini series that were really kind of wide ranging in themes. Like uh, there was one called Imadoki, which was just about like a gardening club in a school. And so you kind of learned a lot about gardening. You had a lot of these kind of friendships that revolved around flowers and actually keeping a club running. And then the romance came in after the characters had been well-developed, which I thought was great. There's so much in kind of popular Hollywood movies where romance feels shoehorned in, whereas in Shoujo, it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like a natural part of the story. And so that's how Cafe Suwada came about as this half fight manga, essentially, <laughs> and half romance. The interesting thing as well is, is I, I was doing a bit of reading ahead of this conversation and I was, and I was reading an article about the, the difference between drama and melodrama mm. and how, because Cafe Suada has a lot of, of melodramatic elements, but what I would say is that melodrama works if it's intentional. Whereas if it's, if it's not done deliberately, then it can have that Hollywood-esque feel where it's like, mm. oh my God, Jade, like, you know, you completely... Whereas with the way you've done it actually really, really works well with, with the nature of the characters because they, they do have that over-the-top uh, personality, mm. uh, to, you know, to themselves as well. Yeah, I think that's something you can get away with a lot easier in comics because I like to push my as you say, the personalities and the characters' expressions a lot, which really helps to kind of reel back any over-the-top dialogue. You know, it doesn't feel quite as ridiculous coming out of the mouth of a wacky face as it does a melodramatic actor with like a deadpan face. <laughs> um, I'd actually love to see that, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But okay, cool. So we're coming up to the towards the end of the first half of this conversation. And I would be amiss if I didn't ask you about your own superhero origin story. I know you said you, you're not like a massive superhero fan, mm -hmm. but I want to know, A, because you, you, know, you mentioned when you were in university, the fact that you had this little comics course and, and, and that just wasn't enough. So tell me a little bit about why comics speak so much to you and why you choose them as one of your primary modes of expression? Hmm. Well, I guess it's because when I first started really getting into manga, I realized that to me, it's like this beautiful middle ground between making movies and animation and illustrating books. Because when I was a kid, I thought I'd be like a really fancy pants book illustrator like Quentin Blake or something and I'd be very highly respected you know dreaming big and then I got more and more bored of book illustration because it feels like you have to encapsulate absolutely everything about the book with just one image whereas with comics 
you get to sequentially tell an entire story. You get to show every little moment that you want to, but it's not quite as intensive as animation or filmmaking. So there's a lot of kind of like filmmaking concepts that you can learn from and put into comics work, but it's not, like I said, it's not as, hmm. I mean, I guess it is intense. I say this as, you know, someone that works on this full time and is, exhausted constantly by making comics yeah of course it's intense but you can make comics by yourself like I do everything myself I write them I illustrate them I edit them I self-publish them I do every step by myself whereas if you wanted to be a filmmaker you have to rely on an entire team if you want to make animation that's months and months of work for you know mere minutes of content and so comics is this kind of beautiful genre where you can really push everything as an individual and as someone that doesn't really I guess get on with people very well working by myself <laughs> on something is very appealing okay okay that that, that really shows through in your, your storytelling as well <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> but I'm working on my my first comic book and I'm, I'm doing the script so I'm, I'm working with someone else just mm-hmm. slightly different to you but it's Again, for me, comics are this kind of middle ground because I think it was really Alan Moore that opened the or, or planted the seed in my mind. Where I was, it was actually from Hell that I was reading, and and it read like a novel, mm. but with the imagery that you you know you're accustomed to seeing. And and so for me, it was this perfect marriage between this ability to create this world in your head, these voices in your head. And at the same time, having these visual cues that that kind of enhance the the, the whole experience. I, I think the comics are essentially one of the most participatory forms of of media out there. And, sure. and mm. the effect they had on me, I, I want to try and recreate with other people. Mm. All right, cool, brilliant. So let's round off with a few quick fire questions. And the first one I, I have to ask you as well is. I'm trying to diversify the, the kind of genres that I expose myself into. So for someone like me, and I'm sure many listeners are like me as well, what would be our gateway drug into the slice of life genre? Apart from Cafe, Cafe Suado, of course. <laughs> well, one of my absolute all-time favorite slice of life comics is Princess Jellyfish by Akiko Higashimura. Okay. And that one is, uh, let me see if I can sum it up. Uh, it's about a group of women who call themselves the nuns. That's nuns with a Z. Um, and they live together in an apartment block uh, because they're all very reclusive. They're all um, very particular nerds. So like one's obsessed with jellyfish as denoted by the title. One's obsessed with trains uh, and train spotting. One's obsessed with romance of the three kingdoms. Um, and one day the jellyfish obsessed girl, um, is trying to save a jellyfish from, um, a pet shop that's not taking care of it right. And this super fashionable woman shows up and just flounces in and breezily handles it and just buys the jellyfish and gives it to her. And she doesn't realize until this woman stays over with her that she's actually a man in drag. And their oh, apartment block, okay. yeah, their apartment block has a strictly no men rule. And so it's just about this group of reclusive women uh, making friends with this guy that they don't know is a guy 
um, and their daily adventures basically in this apartment block getting to know each other and it's really sweet and there's like an overall theme of femininity and fashion as like armor for women for dealing with the world which I really like but yeah that's a really good one to get into also Akiko Higashimura is just like queen she's so fantastic I can't explain the numerous ways she's good at making manga have you seen the Man Ben series by Naoki Urasawa I don't believe I have it's a, a documentary series that's been following manga artists um, and it, I think it runs for about an hour per episode but there was I an see. episode about her um, I think you can find it online Okay, I mean, the, the moment you said documentary following manga artists, you, you had me, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an entire fan, uh, fantastic, fascinating series. Um, let me see, what else? I'm just kind of turning around and looking at my shelf. I've got uh, My Love Story is probably... It's more of a shoujo than a slice of life, but it has a lot of slice of life elements. But that's a really good example of comics that manage to push that melodrama without it feeling kind of forced or over the top. So my love story is about um, a young man who, his name is Takeo Goda, and he's larger than all of his classmates. He's this really big buff guy that he, he's practically a cartoon character amongst very kind of typical looking manga characters. And he saves a girl from being groped on a train one day. And it appears that she's fallen in love with his best friend, who's like this super dashing romantic type. Um, but it turns out she's actually fallen for him, which he didn't expect because he's repelled women for his entire life. Um, and it's just this really, it's probably the purest romance I've ever read. Like they're just so sweet together. And it's a really nice uh, examination of, um, high school life in Japan and not taking people at face value and actually just believing the best in other people. Like it's not um, like a lot of romance comics out there where there's a lot of kind of toxic characters. I swear every character in this comic is pure and sweet, which is very, very refreshing. Right, so it's more like going into the depth of, of the nature of love and the purity. Yeah, rather yeah. Rather than like spicing it up with affairs and gossip, etc. Exactly. It, I, I, I'm so turned off very quickly now when I pick up a romance novel or a comic. And it's like, oh, love triangle. Oh, someone's whispering about you behind your back. Oh, miscommunication. Like it turns out stories can be great without those things if characters communicate well enough and the drama comes from other things, um, there's, you know, there's better things to write about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a good example of that would be, say, something like uh, Black Beauty, I think that's called, where it's just mm -hmm. about a guy and, and a horse and you don't really need anything else. There's, there's no second horse coming into the, the picture, so there's no reason yeah. why you can't recreate that dynamic with two mm -hmm. or In fact, make it even more uh, enhanced. Yeah. All right, cool. So three more questions, but they're really, really quick fire. So mm -hmm. it should be easy for you to give an answer. Uh, so first one I wanted to ask is Luffy from One Piece or Peter Parker from Spider-Man? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> That's not a fast question at all. What's wrong with you? It's supposed to be quick fire. And uh, just go with your gut reaction. Oh, shit. Um, Luffy, Luffy, for sure. Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
All right then. Uh, do you read? Uh, have you read a com a comic, a kill, or um, Elfin Lead? Yes. Well, well, well I ones? watched the anime back when it was on UK TV. What Elfin Lead? Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Harley Quinn or Lucy from Elfin Lead? Uh, to be honest, I hate that series so much. <laughs> okay. So I hate them all. Every character in that series, I loathe <laughs> okay fair enough okay so is that a, is that a neither but... yeah neither for sure <laughs> okay fair enough all right i am an evil magician and i've come into the world and i am going to destroy i'm going to burn all of the books and i will save one country so i'll burn all of the books in every every country except one which event essentially means you'll have to choose it's a choice between manga or comics because you could burn all the books in in europe north america oh, God. africa or burn all of them in asia so. who is this despicable villain <laughs> we need to destroy them uh, japan obviously okay so you'd save japan yeah okay cool fair enough i mean i guessed as much but just has to be <laughs> sure all right cool so we're going to round off now but we're going to break this episode into to two parts so we'll be having a, an in-depth conversation about how to think about if you're interested in writing slice, slice of life and even if you're not, I think every good story has to have some elements of slice of life in it. So we're going to just talk about slice of life as a genre and as a sub-genre. Mm -hmm. So that'll be part two of this conversation. But if listeners want to check out with part one, then why don't you tell them where they can find out more about you and your work? Uh, sure. So my main website is thermit.co.uk and I post a lot of kind of sneak previews of comics and whatnot but i also have exclusive comics and behind the scenes work on my patreon which is patreon.com slash jade sarson all right cool brilliant and i'll link to all of this in the show notes as Thank well you. all right friends that was part one of my conversation with jade sarson tune in tomorrow for the second half of the conversation where we talk slice of life and from henceforth, new episodes of the Manga College podcast will be coming out on Thursdays. And if it's a two-parter like today, part one will be on Wednesday and part two will be on Thursday. Just thought I'd let you guys know. Secondly, make sure you leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out. But otherwise, thank you and I'll see you tomorrow.